Hey, y'all. It's John from Middle-Aged Metalheads. My favorite episode this year was the Kiss Deep Cuts episode. Uh, I I also recount my time at Creatures Fest, so uh, pull up some spiked eggnog, sit by the fire, and uh, listen to me versus Vinnie Vincent, uh, which ended with uh, a little prick finally signing my jacket and uh, me getting COVID. A Christmas way, that was tale for night. everyone. That was the fight night of the year was you and Vinny Vincent. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, guess who won? Merry uh, Christmas, everyone. Happy New Year. We will see you next year. Hi, this is Zach Throne from the Bruce Kulig Band and the Ace Freely Band, and you are listening to Middle-Aged Metalheads. I know the subject well. Keep listening. Good evening, and welcome to another edition of Middle-Aged Metalheads. Tonight, I am Colin Bossler. I am joined by Michael Stamps. Yep. John Harden. <laughs> hey. And David Timoney. Yo. <laughs> And uh, first of all, it's nice to see you guys again. I missed the last episode. I was busy traveling, so it's nice Welcome to have everybody. We thank you. The gang's all here. And uh, I hear we're going to talk about this uh, band called Kiss. I'm not too familiar with them, but uh, yeah, like a full jar for it's been so long. <laughs> wait, wait a second. I, th- I thought it was Kick Axe. Why is you oh. so close to the microphone? <laughs> I, thought, I was excited. I was like, so it's not Kick Axe. Sit back. Okay. Sit back. I don't have their CDs. No prep for this. Yeah. As a previous warning from David came over, no more words. <laughs> so tonight's episode is uh, deep cuts with a K. I think is I mean, deep, deep cuts is the concept. So we. But before that. Oh, okay. No, like let Colin explain like the whole episode and then. Right. But, but, right. All right. right. Yeah. So we each have chosen some music. We each have three tracks. We have a nice uh, even dozen to go through. And uh, looking forward to hearing each other's selections, comma. But before that, What's we that? always have our week in metal. just perusing emails that i get we i get them all from you know as we do the different record companies and different magazines and such we we all get the same emails uh so an interesting article uh, geezer butler was talking about born again and his comment was he likes wait wait, colin who was he talking to i was just a a random interview you know just just a random serious radio host he was was probably talking to himself in his bathroom (laughs) And when the cleaning guy came in, right. yeah. he overheard he who, it. He who shall not be named, uh, right. you know, was was having a conversation, and uh, 
But what, what was interesting to me, well, first of all, as I've said to so many times in the podcast, I hate Born Again. I don't like that album. I, I, I've tried. I've tried. Lord Dude, knows I should I've start tried. keeping a list of things you hate. It's not very long. Very long. You like mashed yeah. potatoes? Two or three things. It's like, exactly. There's not many. It's a like, new Angel album yep. <laughs> and Born Again. That's about it. Um, but hey, what was interesting was so Geezer's talking about how he liked it and he heard the he listened to it about six months ago I heard the riffs and stuff and he references how Tony Iommi has said in an interview recently that he likes it as well but they both agreed the mix of the record is terrible and I was thinking to myself and this is just my week in metal is more of a question for you guys do you think there are albums out there like Born Again that if they do get a good mix if somebody finally goes back and tinkers with it and it sounds good that it will do better people will like them more do you think born again will win me over if it doesn't sound so bad no i don't think so i think i think at the base if the songwriting isn't good and you didn't connect to those songs before making them a little shinier doesn't really fix that and sometimes i think it makes it worse like sometimes you hear some of these remastered records and it doesn't sound the way you listen to it for the past 35 years. And that sometimes to me is a little off-putting. Sometimes it works, sometimes not. But it, I think at, at, at its core, if the songs are bad, a remix isn't going to help that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, people have like home equalizers too. So it's like, or at least they used to at some point. You could always like fudge with the, with the levels and do all these other sort of like studio tricks and whatnot but you know yeah. to john's point it's like if you don't like the songs you know what they sound like you know sonically isn't really going to uh change that but i, I would defer though it's like yeah, born again is a hard record to like but there are some really good songs on that i, I mean I don't, I don't know if it's a hard record to like it's a hard record to like if you're expecting a black sabbath record I think that if, if you <laughs> like, like when it says Black Sabbath on the cover, yeah, like if you if you go <laughs> figure, huh? If you found, as a, as a I know that this can't happen, but if you found a Black Sabbath fan who had never even heard of this record, took all the branding off of it and said, "Hey, check this out. Do you like it?" I think it's a likable record. I don't think it's a likable Black Sabbath record, and I think that's my hangup. It doesn't sound like Black Sabbath, so like many things like and this is my hang up with like bands that change lineups you like a certain sound and then the next record the sound is gone for one reason or another and it's like it's a disappointment for so many reasons um i've never listened to this record like deep i've never given it like a deep listen but i've had it on in the background i don't think it's bad music i think it's bad sabbath yeah and, yeah. and again like the the the, the story of the recording process for this record is legendary and hilarious as is the stage show that would follow it so like anybody wants to like check that out you know read the, the, the iomi uh biography or autobiography iron man uh, and pl plenty of other anecdotes that basically kind of fueled a lot of spinal tap right there right right down to the whole thing with the stonehenge bullshit but uh, yeah, right. they were they were literally and that's it, literally just trashed as the opening track <laughs> would tell you. And they were like out in some sort of like uh, manorial estate in England and just sort of like cocaine 
tequila, fast cars. Oh, did you call it cocaine? Yeah. Well, where's the Krell? Oh, you can call uh, it. It wasn't a Van Halen record. Oh, okay. sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's like it would translate to like to England. So yeah, Black Sabbath never called it Krill. <laughs> but uh, that, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. And again, like if, if Colin's point was like they had recently discovered or recovered, uncovered the the masters for uh, for Born Again. You know, so it's like cool. Let's do it again. Awesome, David. What you got for the week in metal report? You know, you know, I decided to pull a page out of uh, Old Man Bosler's book and nice. uh, talk about a show that I went to. Well, well, I, uh, I managed. Dave left the house. <laughs> I left the house as I sometimes do, um, and I caught this uh, this big metal gig. Right, uh, the the headliners, the co-headliners, my one of my favorite bands, Coroner. And uh, a period band of about the same time, Vio Dash Lens, um, and then a bunch of opener acts, right? At a at a great at a great venue in Philly. I'd heard about it because I, I've seen some gigs come through, and for one reason or another, usually scheduling, I haven't been able to get out there. Uh, a little place called Underground Arts, which is two full size rooms, like side by side, separated by a wall. There's a bar in both rooms. And we literally walked in, me and a friend of mine went to this show. We're standing there watching the one band, and they get done playing. And she goes, walks to the other room, and then she comes back and goes, there's another band playing in there. It's there, a was great another, place. there was a second band playing in the stage next door. And you could Dude, there was no bleeding over. But they were able to go bang, 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 one stage to the next, uh, and cycle through four bands. Like So one, while one stage is... is getting set up yeah, the other band sweet. was playing on the other stage and it was awesome yeah, and great. then uh, and then Carner and Violence played on the same stage in the main room but the other room wasn't much smaller than the main room you just had to go through the main room to get to it um, dude they had food the food was really good the beer was really good uh, great scene really great scene down there I would absolutely go to another gig uh, matter of fact um, I'm scheduled to go to another gig this summer there um, but the show itself the opening act that I saw was Cloak and they're like super like evil. They got you know candelabras on stage, uh, you know, long hair and leather, and really great sound. Definitely check out Cloak. Sort of like, um, kind, of like, like, like kind of like a doom metal sort of vibe. Or like a little more straightforward metal. At times they reminded me of like Bathory, but they were a little you know because they were a band, right? They were like a full you know five piece band. Um, they were just a little more, a little more clarity to it. Like Bathory was like the one man band. Definitely worth checking out. Like I listened to a little bit of them online before the show, and I was like, eh. But then live, they were really good. I shot a little bit of video that I'll share with you guys. Um, they looked great. They sounded great. Really tight. Um, not like over the top annoying vocals, right? They weren't real clean, you know. So they're real little growly. But I think they're even within Harden's tolerances for growly vocals. Um, but they sounded really good. They were like burning incense and candles on stage and a smoke <laughs> machine. It was a nice package. They had a backdrop that made them kind of complete did their look. They were really well put together. Um, and then and then there was a band, um, Acid Witch, that was super weird. You, you gotta look look them up and see if you can find some video of them playing live. Because um, the person I was with was is much taller than me, and she goes, "Is that singer sitting on a, a stool or something?" <laughs> Why does that this, sound familiar? The singer's really short. Thrones thrown or something? <laughs> no, nah, man, he's just short. 
Um, and that's no offense. I'm short too, but um, but anyway, yeah. they were you know they were doing like the evil witchy was thing. Was it Greta Van Fleet? Nah, dude, they're called Acid Witch. I wasn't that into them, but they you know they had a fan base. The room was full for them. Um, I wasn't into it, and then we got into we're like we're Cloak and uh, the Acid Witch. Were they like local bands? No, um, Cloak I think is from Georgia. They're from like Atlanta. Okay, okay. Uh, and Acid Witch, I don't know where they're. From. I didn't bother really following up on them because I wasn't that into them. And then I, I never saw this band's name on the on the the lineup. Exciter gets on stage. Right. The freaking Exciter gets on stage, dude. Straight out and of I'm, Canada, man. Um, you know, I'll tell you, they seemed like really cool dudes. However, um, there's two issues. The one is that the drummer is the singer. Okay. It's it's not gonna happen, dude. You're not the Eagles. You're not Night Ranger. <laughs> what about Phil Collins? You're not Phil Collins, right? Um, the other thing is that the mix was really bad, and I think it's because if I had to guess, knowing nothing, if I had to guess, the drummer's completely deaf because he needed his monitors cranked up so loud that all of the microphones were bleeding really bad, and they were clicking off all the compressors and is, gates. Is, is, and is stuff. that how the band was always constantly student? You know, it's just sort of like where the, where the drummer was the singer. I, gosh, I'd have to. Yeah, I have to go back and look at my records. I yeah, guess. you're gonna have to deal with that. But anyway, wow. so anyway, they get off. I I went in the other room and drank uh, while they were while they were playing. Um, and then you had this band that I'd never heard of, Lich King, and they were awesome. Um, you, right. I, I I sent Colin a note right away. Oh, I'm like, check yeah. these guys out. Yeah, really, really clean. They're from Western Massachusetts. They totally sound like they're from Western Massachusetts. The guy said <laughs> Philly. You could just imagine this guy talking to you, and he would say your name probably twice per sentence. Because he's up on the stage, he's like, "Hey, Philly, how you doing, Philly? It's good to be here in Philly, Philly." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, stop saying Philly!" Oh he gosh. said Philly like a hundred times. Somebody's um, got their Adderall on. But aside from that, dude, they're really good. Yeah. Super tight, yeah. great look. And get this, I look them up later when I get home. Guitar player's last name, Timony. Of course. Of like what? It's and, spelled and differently, but we're all we're all related. And, and and I and I checked them on the on all those streaming sites that you linked us up with, and they got like some really really fun songs. They've got six records, dude. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, you guys got six records? I think they took a break for a while, but they're back, right? Um, they're really good. Um, it's it's it. They remind me a little bit of Nuclear Assault. Um, even their logo is a little bit uh, reminiscent of Nuclear Assault. High pitched, screamy, um, you know, thrash vocals. I like them a lot. Um, getting to the last of it, dude, Coroner killed it, dude. The last time I saw Coroner live was 1989 at Union Station in Wilmington, Delaware. They were so freaking good. Um, they had a different drummer. I didn't catch his name, Spanish name. Um, but the, the bass player who sings and the guitar player, um, been in the band forever. They just nailed it. Song after song after song. Tight like the record but like better because it was live they were they they were everything you want a band to be when you see them live and then uh, and then violence got up on stage i talked to some of the guys in the band i stayed for like two songs but i was done i, was, I had to get out of there um, a fucking night I, like, it was a long night like, uh, what you bands at this point Lol, one, two, three, four, five, six bands dude wow um but i'll tell you what man it was awesome it was a great venue great night of shows i would see aside from the one band which like i said was good but not my thing i'd see any one of these bands again 
really great show. Super cool. Super cool. And I'm, I'm going to talk briefly about my uh, also concert experience most recently, seeing the Sonic Slam with uh, featuring Tom Kiefer, LA Guns, and uh, Faster Pussycat at the Keswick and Glenside. And I'm going to defer like any of my real comments about this because I know Colin's going to see the same show here uh, this weekend. Isn't that right, Friday Colin? Night. Friday night, two days from now. Friday night, yeah. Sweet. And then David and I are going to go see this guy called uh, Ace of Freely. <laughs> so, uh, and three nights from now, Sammy Hagar, PNC Bank. I never, I know David's going with me, right? You're going to see Sammy with me, David? Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm getting a colorectal exam. <laughs> Uh, what, what 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 night is that, Colin? Give me a number of the month. Saturday night. This Saturday night, the eleventh of June. Oh, the the next night. Okay, right. Well, that's PNC. Where's PNC? Homedale, Homedale, New Jersey. Never heard okay, of okay. But uh, anyhow, so we'll, the Sonic Slam. My experience was it was totally awesome. All the bands were like totally on. Played all the hits really in good shape just great loud fully live rock music it was, it was great but we'll compare notes uh next time we get on uh with colin and his experience of the Penn's peaks so if anybody hasn't got tickets yet you're probably fucked but uh if you, you get, up, <laughs> get up to Penn's peak a great venue and it's going to be a hell of a live show what night are they playing Penn's peak friday night friday, friday night the june 10th yeah, they're playing Austin next week. I'm going to be out of town, sadly. Damn. But, yeah, otherwise, like, LA Guns is going to be touring the hell out of places uh, probably after this. But uh, so definitely that's that's the big draw. Tom Keeper was great, too. Fashion Pussy Guy was great, too. Uh, nobody threw any, uh, you know, stuff at them. <laughs> yes, that's all I'm going to say about that. But... Uh, the, the big Weekend Metal item, of course, is uh, the returning uh, from from Nashville, John Harden, with uh, COVID, but also awesome experience. Yeah, that was in the gift bag. So uh, Memorial Day weekend, I went to Nashville uh, to go to Creatures Fest. And, uh, you know, we, were, we had talked about it a little bit on the show, but this was uh, the first time, I guess, uh, most of the remaining alive KISS members were going to be in one spot so took place in a weekend at a hotel he was bringing in Vinnie Vincent Peter Chris Ace Freely Bruce Kulick all together for the first time playing at this one weekend and uh in addition there there were some other bands going I'll go day by day just to sort of talk about what was going on but so I I got there and and the first thing they did on Friday they did a all the, the bands that were playing. So Ace had his full band there, Bruce had his band, and there were various other, uh, Quiet Riot was there, and Trickster, and Vixen, and j just various other bands. So the first day, out by the pool, they did a recreation of the Kiss Unplugged set. And that was just various members of various bands popping in and out, all doing it. It was great. Like it was really solid. That's such a good set list anyway. And to hear it played in, in the style of Unplugged again was really awesome. And Bruce Kulick came and he sat in with, with the players that were playing and he played a few songs and then Ace came out as a surprise and they did That's 2000 cool. Man as part of that set. So that was the, uh, 
the very first thing that went down. And then uh, later on, I got a chance to meet Peter Chris, which was really cool. Um, I've got this jacket that I had made like 20 years ago that has the uh, four solo albums airbrushed on it. And long time ago, I had Gene and Paul sign it. Peter signed it. Great. Then that night, they had the first night of, of the full concert. And so they had a concert hall set up with stage. The first guy to play was this guy, Core Rezik. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. I don't, they, I, it's, I wasn't really into them so much. Uh, John Karabi played next. He played an acoustic set and that was pretty cool. Um, I, I've never, I only really kind of know John Karabi pretty much from his time and crew, but he was good. It was just him and a guitar and uh, really good. The next band to play that night was Enough Zenough, and they blew me away, to mm-hmm. be honest. I have never been a fan. I have never seen them live, and they're so good. They're yeah. so good. They're so tight. They're so well rehearsed. Great harmonies. Chips Enough is a great singer, great on bass, like really super solid band. And like, who would know? I, I, I just, I don't know. It's just, uh, that was not a band that I was I was thinking was going to do much, and they were really cool. Yeah. So just just while we're on this spot here, it's like they so they have like a new record of uh, I think mostly Beatles covers. It's coming out now. Yeah, yeah it's out. And on Sunday they actually did a Beatles set. Okay. They played twice over the weekend. So the first night was their regular just enough enough show, and then Sunday they played they played a set of Kiss or, or sorry of Beatles songs, and and it was really good like uh, surprisingly good. So then, so Friday night was Ace Freely's headline night. And uh, so Ace brought his band out. He's got really good guys that play with him. This guy, Zach Throne, uh, sort of jumps around from, from different bands. He's awesome. He sings anything that Gene sings that Ace plays in his set. Zach is the one who sings those songs. And his band is like really killer. Ace is Ace. Uh, you know, it, it, it's more feeling than it is uh, technical proficiency at this point, really. But um, still fun to watch. And and uh, you know, what was kind of weird with Ace is no, uh, he didn't have any of his songs like from the '80s or anything like that. It was mostly just a Kiss set. So, um, so no, so no, no Freely's comment or no right? Freely's comment, and and even on his you know new albums that he's been putting out lately, nothing not none of that. Like it was so only he, so, so he got the message then. It was only Kiss, I guess. I mean, it's like I wouldn't have minded hearing Rock Soldiers or something like yeah, that. Like, like Rock you know, Soldiers yeah. would be like yeah, I think that would be like a big. I I looked up I looked up set lists for what we're gonna see this weekend, and there was a good mix of Ace solo stuff. Ace Fraley's uh, maybe maybe yeah. tail like because it was a kiss a kiss convention maybe yeah. I just tailored the set list for the night you yeah, know what I mean cool. the that's cool, cool thing that happened during his set was that Peter Chris came out and awesome. it was the first time the two of them had played together since the reunion tour so we're looking what 20, 20 24 yeah. years now yeah. um, Peter uh, sang Hard Luck Woman. And with with Ace accompanying him, and then Peter went and jumped behind the kit, and they played Strange Ways. Whoa! So pretty cool. I, you know what I mean? It's like I I think uh, you know knowing that that Peter's had some health issues and people haven't seen him much lately. I guess the question was, is Peter going to play drums? And he did. 
like night one wow. there he was behind the kit playing drums and singing at the same time he looked great sounded great I think he was very happy that weekend. Like I, everywhere he went, he was just showered with love. Like people were so happy to see him and meet him and talk to him just because you don't see him. You know, Ace is on tour all the time and it's Peter's never around. So anyway, Saturday comes. Uh, Saturday, there was a, a meeting with Ace Freely. So Ace signed my jacket as well. And uh, we, we got to meet Ace. I'm trying to think of who else played that day. But basically, everything moved towards the concert that night. So the, the Saturday night concert slate was to be pre, Pretty Boy Floyd, Vixen, and Vinnie Vincent. We got an email in the afternoon, 4 o'clock, saying, don't be late tonight. We're switching the order. Vinnie Vincent wants to go on first. What? Okay. Hmm. So, doors open, 7 o'clock. 7.30 comes. 8 o'clock comes. 8.30 comes. Everyone's in this like sort of lobby area. They still don't have the doors open to the concert hall. And you just hear this like blaring. This like, this wailing like not it, it almost sounds like tuning just garbage and then they open the doors and everyone goes into the concert hall and there's Vinnie Vincent they had done this thing where they rebuilt the tank from the creature's tour and so that tank was on stage and Vinnie's on top of it playing fucking garbage I mean it just sounded terrible it's no amazing. rhythm no rhythm, no melody. I'll, I'll play a piece of it during during the pod, just, just so you can... just shredding. But like, uh, yeah, uh, but like shredding, know. shredding gives gives an idea as to something good is happening. Like a good guitarist is a guitarist who shreds. This was literally like I explained to you guys, like being in a guitar center and just <laughs> someone picking up a guitar and fucking hammering away on it, and like it's the first time they've ever seen it. Sounded awful. That went on. 25 minutes wow of him just standing on the tank noodling around 25 what, minutes what, were, were people doing anything at this point it was kind of weird every once in a while he would he would sort of take a break for for adoration and people would cheer him on but i mean it's just there's no there's no band with him there's no backing there's no there's nothing it's just him playing this guitar right that's weird it, it, it was weird and it had been advertised that this that Bruce was going to play with Vinny and Ace was going to play with Vinny. So after this 25-minute nonsense, Bruce comes out. Oh, no, sorry. Before that, this other guy comes out who apparently is in some other sort of Kiss cover band. And they did I Love It Loud. And like a bunch of the people like that were with bands like Entourage and things like that came on stage. And it was Gene's vocal that they were playing a track to. Oh, really? Drums were a track, bass were a track. And then they had, they had these fans on stage just doing, doing the, oh, 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 like it was dumb. Right. <laughs> and, and Vinny, I, I don't know if he even knows the song. Well, the guitar whatever. part for that track is the worst part. I mean, it, it, all of it was bad. So anyway, those people leave Bruce, <laughs> Bruce Kulik comes out. Thank God. Because at least Bruce can play. 
the drums there. So keep in mind, no band still. It's just those two guys on stage and a, and a drum track starts for, for war machine. Oh. And Bruce, yeah. Bruce can play anything. Bruce can play whatever you're going to throw him out there to play. He can obviously do it in two seconds. And Vinny just sort of stops playing and is like pointing at Bruce <laughs> <laughs> like point and, and it's strange because like Vinny's up on this tank looking down on on his subjects while while Bruce, you know, Vinny, v- Vinny, you know, a veteran of one and a half kiss records is up on this tank being exalted while Bruce is down here playing. This other guy from the other band is still there and he's he's singing War Machine. So they get through that. Ace comes out. Keep in mind, still no band. Now you've got three guitarists on stage. Ace at the top. Sorry, Ace is on the right. Bruce on the left. Vinny's up on this tank. They they go into the 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 drum start. I got to think about what they played. Sorry, it's been a minute now, and COVID didn't help. But they played Deuce and they played Cold Gin, right. both to a track. And <laughs> and when Ace came out, I want to say they started the track to cold gin and he started playing deuce (laughs) and then they stopped the track and then started the track to cold gin and then he sort of got back on track a little bit he even ace was getting pissed like he stopped and he's like he looked back and he's like look i'll play whatever you guys want i just need a drum like what and keep in mind there's a whole crowd Watching this, like as it happens, there was obviously no sound check, no okay, sort no, of no, no rehearsal, just sort of like let's no, just wait. This shit's just happening in real time, right? So then, so they play these songs, right? They play Deuce, they put, they play Cold Gin. Ace is sort of looking over at Bruce, and Bruce just nodding, like, "Dude, I know." Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, Bruce knows. Bruce was by far the MVP of the night because he held it together, got through it, but. I, I mean, it's just so fucking weird. You've got this this visual of Vinnie Vincent up in the air, like up above this, and he's pointing down at Bruce, and he's pointing down at Ace. He's pointing. He's up on a pedestal above Ace Freely. Really? Yeah. And, and again, like, and, and he's also like just probably you know drawing the passive ire of like most people, just sort of like, dude, play some songs. Yeah. With, 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 there were no songs. Band. There were no songs. He sucked. It, it was a complete sham. Just, just an absolute con artist. And then, so that ends. They sort of like, they get. It takes ten minutes to get him down off the tank. And I, I called it a night after that. I would have really liked to see Dixon because they're pretty good live. And uh, but they were going to play after Pretty Boy Floyd. And after Vinny started like an hour, hour and a half late. I couldn't wait until eleven o'clock to watch Vixen. Hey, sorry, girls. Well, like Vixen well, only has like one original member, and it's the- yeah. But you know what? I I have seen them in the past like year or two, and they were really good. So yeah. I was gonna watch. You know what I mean? If you've got a ticket, like it, if shit, yeah, like chances are if they, they would have done the night the way it was supposed to, I could have skipped Pretty Boy Floyd and saw Vixen and then roll into this nonsense with Vinny. But yeah, that's, that's anyway, that's, that's fucked up business. But there, there was the other night that that followed that ride was right. Was so we get to Sunday. Sunday's the last day. Now I've mentioned I I met Ace. I met Peter Chris. Two members of Kiss. They signed my jacket. No problem. I meet Bruce. No problem. 
Bruce signs it. I'm happy to do so. Bruce is like a great guy. He's really uh, always has <laughs> been, right? Story. <laughs> so then I go to a meet and greet with Vinnie Vincent. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. What was he wearing? So he was wearing like a black t-shirt and black. <laughs> he's, he's dressed head to toe in black. Anyway, Slim. he's sitting at this table. Now, over the weekend, different people were charging different things for like additional signatures. Part of your meet and greet was you got one thing signed. So people were bringing whatever, albums, uh, action figures, posters, this, that, and people are just signing in the way. And like generally, if you wanted something else, say you had your meet and greet and say you brought, you know, you had rock and roll over and you want Peter to sign it, but you also brought a solo record, 75 bucks. He would sign. He would sign that too, right? Ace, fifty bucks. He would huh. sign that too. So before we get into Vinny's sign a big meet and greet, people, there's these whispers going around the crowd. Like, have you seen Vinny's like cost? Have you seen what he's charging? Have you seen this and that? I don't know what he was charging like for each additional item, but it was becoming like a bazaar. Like it, it was like you had to go in and haggle. Like every person had to go in. So. My experience, I've got this jacket. Keep in mind, by the time I get to Vinny, every living member of KISS has signed this jacket. All of them have signed this jacket, right? I bring it up to Vinny before I can say the word hello. He goes, oh, uh, no, no, this is, this is more. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And he's like, yeah, this is going to be like $500. <laughs> and I was like, well, what are you talking about? And there was people in front of me. He, for some reason, he has some sort of problem with the Kissology book. He won't sign Kissology. And the only way he'll sign it, $1,000 he wants. Vinny Vincent <laughs> wants $1,000. He was and selling he, eight. And, he, and he's like three pages in that? I guess. I mean, he was selling eight by tens of his time in Kiss. Signed, $200. He has these shitty posters that he made, right? That he just went to Kinko's and made these posters. $350 is what he wants. So he's he's telling me, I won't sign it. $500. And I was like, he's like, I'll sign something else for you. And I was like, I didn't bring anything else. This is what I've got. I've got the jacket. And he's like, well, I just can't sign it. I just can't do it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, why is this, why is this so hard? And he's like, how about I give you a picture instead? And I was like, fine, just give me a picture instead. He's like, okay, which one? And I pick one and he goes, oh no, not that one. That's that's my last one of that. <laughs> and then I'm like, then just pick anything. I don't care. And I look at his guy who was taking his money and I told him, this is bullshit with Vinny sitting right there. And I looked at Vinny and I said, you know, every member of KISS has signed this jacket and no problem except you. What's the problem? Like, can somebody explain to me? I was like, should we get someone from the convention? Because what was sold to us and what's happening here, not the same thing. The, the guy's a fucking lunatic. He's just, I, 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 you know, he's a guy who is looking at the end of the road and he doesn't have much to offer. And he has a reputation for being sort of a con artist. He sold this box set to a bunch of people that never materialized. He was just being a dickhead. Yeah. And it's like, finally, he goes, fine, I'll just sign it. I don't want you to cry. And I told him, I said, 
there's two of us here. One of us is not understanding the way this works. And it's not me. <laughs> and finally he signed it. But that was no lie. Like a five or ten minute. It just, what's the Man, issue? And you're just holding up the fucking line? Yeah, thing. I swear to God. He finally signed it. But I swear to God, had he not signed it, I would have just taken the silver pen and wrote, Vinnie Vincent was supposed to sign right here, but he's a dickhead. So he didn't. So... Anyway, that night we go we go to the concert series. Vinny dead to me. The first <laughs> band that played that night was a band called Sisters Doll. They're from Australia. They're, there's these young kids. They're three brothers, and I don't. They have some sort of connection to Peter, Chris, and the Chris family. I don't know what it is, but when they come to New York, they back up Peter when he does these like he'll do these like club shows. Right, in New yeah. York from time to time where, where he does stuff like off the solo albums and things like that. These kids back him up. But they played their own set. They have a couple records. that They have a new record coming out. They are awesome. Um, Peter also came out and played with them uh, that night. So, but I guess uh, they, they have also played with uh, Bruce Kulik in Australia. They do a, a full Kiss set. They have a KISS cover set they also do wow. in Australia. Anyway, these guys are they're really good. So they're on Spotify, they're on they're on Apple Music, Sisters Doll, they're yeah. called. Doll. Very solid. Um then Quiet Riot played. Uh the reformed Quiet Riot as much as they can, I suppose, with Rudy Sarzo. Rudy's great to watch. You know, I, I think the band that is currently playing Quiet Riot, they're fine. I think ultimately it comes down to it's Quiet Riot. Like the songs, they're just not that great. Like they have, they have a they have a few hits. You know really? what I mean? And We're sorry. No, I, and you know what? And and I, I got a chance yeah. to talk with Rudy for a while, and he's like, he's just the nicest guy, and he's so solid, and like everyone there loves him, and everyone there is happy to see him. But it, it, at the same time, it's like. I, you know, they do Slip Black Cadillac, they do Metal Health, they do Bang Your Head, like, or, you know, Come On, Feel the Noise. It, it, it's fine. Like, it's just, it's it's one of those bands that are, you are at M3 or whatever. They're a midday slot, you know, you grab a beer and, and you watch a couple <laughs> songs. It, it's fine. No one's going out of their way to see them. Yeah, no. And then the closer they're, they're, that they're, night. They're not the reason you're there. Right. The closer that night was the Bruce Kulik band. And Bruce has had this band going now for a while. They've done Kiss, the Kiss Cruises and uh, gone out on their own. I know they played some shows in Vegas. Todd Kearns is the singer, and he's got Zach Throne in that band, too, who also played with Ace uh, a couple nights before. Fucking killer. So good. Uh, this, this night, because of the 30th anniversary of Revenge, they played Revenge start to finish. That's so awesome. That's how the set started, was they played all of Revenge, which was awesome. awesome because it's like even <laughs> Kiss has oh. only played a couple of those songs live. They nailed it. And then I'd be, afterwards... I'd be the guy at the gig not knowing any of these songs. Oh, yeah. I'd be, I'd be <laughs> the guy losing my mind. I don't know. That that crowd was very receptive, and Bruce is so good that it's just it just sounded great. Yeah. Like, And uh, 
I mean, Todd Kearns is a, a much better singer than Paul Stanley at this point. <laughs> and so like, it, it sounded awesome. And then they did a handful of other uh, Bruce era Kiss songs, but that was, that was, uh, that's it. That's, that's Preacher's Fest. And as, as Mike mentioned, uh, on my way out the door of Nashville that weekend, I got the COVID. So, uh, Anyway. Even with vaccine one, two, and booster. And booster, yeah. I came home and got my second booster at the same time. Apparently, I already had COVID. So anyway. Uh, so that, if you're listening to this podcast, get your fourth shot yeah. and uh, get your colon checked. Yeah. And yeah. and don't talk to Vinny Vincent. Um, so let me ask you, John. Oh, I'm thinking that he's would you, probably the Would guy you go again? It? Maybe. I don't think I would. I, you know, I think I think it was I think it was an opportunity to meet members of Kiss that I thought I never would get a chance to again. I, I've met Gene and Paul multiple times. I really I've never had a chance to meet Ace or Peter, and I finally did. Um, that part of it was really cool. The shows were okay. They were fine. I, I think you know the 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 guy who put it together is this guy Neil Davis and. On the one hand, I applaud him for being able to put this together just on a base level, like like to get Peter Chris and Ace Freely and all these guys to come to Nashville and, and do a nice KISS event. At the same time, it wasn't run very well. Like, it, it, if they are going to do it again, they need to put some time into organization and they need to put some time into planning beyond just booking talent. A lot goes into running an event like that. And I know I look at it at a more critical eye because I produce things and I'm used to a certain way of doing things. When you go to Comic-Con or a film festival, you know, like Sundance or even Fantastic Fest here in Austin, every morning you sort of get an email that says, hey, campers, this is what's going on today. You know what I mean? 11 o'clock, pool party. This at one o'clock, this at 12 o'clock, this at three o'clock, and you get a site map and you get all these things like upon arrival, when you get your lanyard or when you get your wristband, you're handed these things and it makes it so you can plan things. I think that was their best intention, but it was just screwy. Like times were constantly changing and it's like they had an information desk and you would like go by the information desk and be like, Hey, can you tell me the order of the bands tonight and what time they're going on? No. no. <laughs> like, cool. Um, is there anyone in the building that does know that? Rosie knows. Well, where's Rosie? She's running around. That's the answer? She's running around. Oh, cool. Well, let me go find her somewhere in the hotel so I can know what time things are happening. Like, if you're going to charge what they charged, you need to be on top of things like that. And that I think part of that's just growing pains. And if they do it again, maybe maybe there is some of that. You know, they haven't they haven't really done a uh, a post mortem uh, with with the fans to say like what worked and what didn't. And who knows if they will. But uh, that that part could use a little bit. I think. Um, yeah. I I don't know. That's it. Yeah. That, no, again, it sounds like you have like a really rare and raw opportunity. To like obviously you know like come into like contact with you know kiss legends with 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 a yeah and those guys are up there peter is what 74 
Yeah. Again, I, you know, the, the fact that they're even like still around and still able to like put on something resembling a show is uh, is incredible. Yeah. Uh, John, can we you think, confirm we, we think, this? We think we're old, but they're they were older. They're really old. Like young kids. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. John. And I mean, I and I want to say also, I think the Vinnie Vincent thing just tainted it. Oh yeah, well of course they take him Vin- out of the equation, and it would have been a better experience for everyone, Vin- Vin- on every level. Apparently uh, so. At that, at the, at the concert with Vinny and Bruce and uh, Ace. Yeah. How many of the guitar players were wearing makeup? Just one. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh and, 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 actually, that, that's the thing. And, and Bruce never did, and uh, Ace didn't either. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it should just add that to the pile of weird things during, Vin- you know, so weird. I, he's not even in his like kiss costuming. He's in a T-shirt and jeans, but with his onk makeup. The dude's a, he's a mess. He's just a mess. He probably wears that around town. I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. It, it just wasn't it, like I said, if you take him out of the equation, it's a better weekend for all. You know, we we laugh because in the years that have gone by, we've always talked highly about Vinny and about his bands and his contribution to Kiss is a very strong one. One of the tracks tonight that I'm going to talk about written by Vinny. But you hear, you know, about about him being in the band and being troublesome. And a lot of times you can just be like, eh, that's just Paul and Gene being Paul and Gene. I fucking get it. I totally get it now. <laughs> I couldn't suffer him for 10 minutes. I can't imagine being on tour with him. Like I, the fact that Gene Simmons didn't kill him is like a miracle. Yeah. I can't wait till the next time John runs into Gene at some event. And just oh my God, we are going to have a goes, we are going to have a chat. Vinnie Vincent, I get it. I totally get it. You can just I hear. Totally like, get it. Uh, Vinnie Vincent is uh, is a remarkable man. <laughs> yeah. Now I was reading a bit about it. Today I, w- because, I would call him unforgettable. Well, I was reading a bit about today because, like, you know, that was an about- awesome Gene impression. Oh my gosh! Get away from the microphone. <laughs> Sorry, it was so awesome. But but you know, Vinny was there, creatures, and, and lick it up, and then they boot him because of his extended solos on on you know tour. Paul's like, look, you you are not fitting, and they give him the kick. Then he comes back and he writes some stuff for Revenge. And even then he was problematic. Like, like the story that I read today said that after that, after he co-wrote some of those songs on Revenge, his problem was, again, a contract and not being paid this and not being paid that. So it's, it, it's just a fucking extension of the same shit that I saw <laughs> from him. The guy is just a market haggler on everything but Come on, Howard, I, why I don't, don't I just let me just sign this dog for you yeah <laughs> a- anyway uh so he has nobody to blame but himself and and it's, that's it's, what it seems it, to it, me and, and yeah. david don't bring up Vinny and dogs <laughs> yeah because I mean, he probably it, I, has I, four dead ones in his st- house starting to make freezer. a whole lot of sense that his own band kicked him out and became right. slaughter <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> you know Anyway, uh, that's the week in metal. The Sorry. epic right. week in so metal. Long. That is quite a week. Good Lord. Woo. Mercy. Mercy. Right, so is the podcast over now, or we got more to do? Yep. All, All right. right. We, we got work to do. <laughs> we got work to do, apparently. I totally forgot some of the shows that I went to to mention, but I'll save that Yeah. for a future week in metal. All you right. didn't tell us about Violence. Yes, I, you did. I, I, I left. 
Okay. Oh, yeah, two songs, and then you had to go because he was tired. Yeah, early nice. because he's old. All right. Yeah, I like that. So let's let's yeah. So so the genesis of the show tonight. Somebody, where where'd that list come from? Oh, don't even bring it up, dude. It's who brought it to us though. I mean, it's like there was some list on metal. It's probably the, or it's the probably Tony Australia. in Australia. Yeah, it was me. I was oh, reading. Was I, f- I found a list, and it was uh, twelve underrated. Excuse me, ten underrated Kiss tracks, and I started uh, going through them, and I had to share with you guys because I only agreed on like one maybe yeah two. it wasn't a very eight. good list i was like what are they like, they're not good songs these are no. terrible songs it wasn't I, very good and then i think it might have been john or somebody said why don't we do our own underrated lesser known kiss tracks the deep oh cuts no in. i was i was totally on that that was like, yeah and here we are okay oh, then it was michael so this is michael's uh idea which oh, is wow. a good idea so he's, it is he's a good cool. idea yeah absolutely it, it ties in with john's creatures fest experience too and and again, all four of us are like lifelong Kiss fans whose experience extends throughout their entire catalog, which uh, ranges perhaps too long. But uh, we managed between the four of us to pick, uh, I think it was three songs each. So that's 12. And uh, strangely, we ended up picking uh, 12 songs from 11 different albums. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's worth mentioning uh, for anybody listening. The the kiss mentioned drinking game has been suspended <laughs> <laughs> wisely. Wisely, yeah, smart. Oh, you, you're telling me that now. Yeah. <laughs> Michael will be falling over in ten minutes. Yeah, I mean, do yourself a favor. Just pour your regular and sip along, um, <laughs> unless you're driving. Should we talk about formulas? How how'd you guys each come to your three? I just wanted something from each decade. I wanted to do a 70s, 80s, and 90s. Just, just to That's try cool. to keep it, you know, something I don't know, make a nice wide range. Yeah. That was my that was my formula. Okay. All right. What was your formula? You know, I considered the decade formula. Um, and what I did is I actually went record by record and picked one song. That was not a popular song that I liked from each record. And then I got a, you know, a hate mail from John saying you can't pick that many songs. Um, well, but 11 then, is greater than three. You had like 12 songs. Whatever, man. <laughs> um, hate mail. You had 12 songs selected. It's harassing me. Um, no, but then uh, what I wanted to do is I, I had a couple that I was pretty sure about. And then as you folks were filling yours in, I was like, the, the deciding factor when I had to pick between two was whether the record had already been used. Okay. I didn't want to double up on a record. So at one point, Michael had filled his in and he said, I'm done. And I looked and we both had one from the same record. So I was like, you know what? Let me get the other one that I was debating on because uh, it's also a good tune. And we yeah, I more, think the only record coverage. that doubles is Look It Up, right? Yeah. Mike and I both have a Look It Up track. Weird. Uh, yeah. And it's and it's also hard. Like I, I had originally had a set of rules like that I was kicking around in my head. Like, is it is it a deep cut if it's been played live a lot? You know, so I was gonna kind of like look and see. Like I had one cut and it was on like a live too, and I was like, uh, is it really a deep cut if it made the live record? So it's now on yeah. two records. I, I had the same the same approach, and it may it. even be on double platinum. So it's like it's on a greatest hits, and it's on a live record. Is it really a deep cut? And I, I think it. I don't remember what I came to, but I, here we are. 
Yeah. <laughs> that, that, no, that, that, that's, that's a good rule of thumb. mine was the same sort of formula. Either it hadn't been released as a single or no video for the later songs. Yeah. And was it a staple of the live set? Because there are things that they play a lot that were never videos or, yeah. or singles per se. Yeah. Um, well, like 20 years ago, you'd say going blind is a deep cut. Now it's on, it's on the live set. Right. Yeah. I still love you. Same thing. Yeah. Like, and you know what I mean? Both songs that I love and, and I immediately thought of going blind, but because like you said, it's on unplugged. Like, I mean, it's well right. known enough that like, and even though unplugged's old at this point, like kiss fans know that that's, that's yeah, yeah, not yeah, yeah. a, uh, it's not a deep song. A, a, a lot of our picks, I think too, it's like the kiss, I think circa the, the, when they got back together with the reunion and put the makeup back on, they resuscitated like a lot of like deep tracks. Like when they started to like play like as an opener, like I stole your love. It's like, I love, I stole your love. As a yeah. Shit. Where's this song been since 76? And that's the thing. It's like, now they don't do that shit anymore. They yeah. didn't, yeah. they now shook the just, bottle on that tour. And now it's just same set list three years running. Yeah. Love yeah. guns, a great opening track for us, a, a tour. I stole your love. I want to say there was another, opener detroit uh, rock city's open rock city yeah. yeah well detroit rock city is yeah. the gimme right um yeah. i'm trying to remember there's a fourth song it'll come to me later that i like they opened with and i was like what yeah. um anyway we should probably get into it well, well my formula we just just while we're here is like yeah uh, I like, be like a little bit expansive like so uh, basically nothing off the first record Except for like maybe kissing time, <laughs> as a, you know, because like everything else is just like pure fucking rock solid gold. Oh, Mike, Mike, I, I I'm gonna forget, so I gotta interrupt you. You know yeah. what might be on the Ace Frehley set list? No, dude, it is love the theme love from theme Kiss. from Kiss because he played it Friday night at Creatures <laughs> Fest live. Love it's it. I'm kiss, I'm yeah. kissing one of you guys dude, on the mouth. So weird. That song. <laughs> okay, well, you've been warned. You've been um, warned. Okay, good good enough warning, I guess. Thank <laughs> you, David. Next um, up, we get the love three because run. But then I, then I started listening to like probably like one of my favorite records, Hotter Than Hell, and it's like, okay, so blah 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 blah, Hotter Than Hell. It's like, but like all these songs are on my list, and we go, mm. and then I'm making a David Timoney list. It's like, oh shit, this is not how this is supposed to work. So I was like, pick one from Hotter Than Hell, jump into post. Uh, you know, make well, don't, give, don't give up the goods, man. Yeah, and, yeah. And we just we got to get started here. Different. So, like, we'll, we'll we'll talk about these as we play the songs. Mike's trying to cop a feel, uh, and I'm going to do my best not to really sing along. Crazy. But I'm telling you right oh now, gosh. that may oh, that may boy. happen. I'm going to try not to, but I'm, there's a lot of good songs on here. If you want to sing along, Colin? I think that'd be super sweet. All right. So are we are we counting up? Is Michael Stamps giving us his patented uh, uh, one, two, see, three? I, I get, uh, let me get on the Spotify here. Give me. Are you kidding uh, me? You're not on the Spotify. Move this mouse. All right, so I'm gonna on three. The, I'm gonna click the green button. Right. When we count up to three. One, two, three. Oh snap! <laughs> Talk oh, to me, Colin Bosler. All right. So now it's time. So yeah. <clears throat> I was. One of the th one of the things one of the themes that Kiss always does right always has done is these I'm not going to call them love songs but the chasing the women songs you know the sexual innuendo songs 
Um, I really, when Rock Bottom was first heard by me, what was interesting was it's not a love song. It's it's there's almost some drama. He's disappointed. He's he's you know not in a relationship with a woman that's strong or that he's going to go after. He's not pursuing anybody. He's not pleasing anybody. He's basically saying you know you're a mess. And I thought that was kind of neat. I don't understand exactly why uh, that was chosen back in 1975 off of Dress to Kill. Uh, and, and also on top of that, this intro is just beautiful to me. I yeah, love this really guitar nice. work. Yeah, I, I thought I heard Gene in an interview say that rock bottom is about big, big butts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say not. But uh, anyway, I'm that's I'm not going to bet against him, honestly. <laughs> but I, I just it's love a how kiss it, song. I love, it, I love how it kicks in after this really cool intro. Yeah, it, but I just like the fact that he's just like, no, I'm not really happy with this. This is I'm kind of miserable. You're miserable, and you need to knock it off. You, you hit rock bottom, and and you know this is not good. I just thought it was kind of a neat take on on the the women theme back then. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely like a really great anthem once once it kicks in as it's going to do right now. It, it does the whole sort of like quiet, Here comes loud God dynamic. Bless the children. Like, That's a few uh, years later. Please. Go back and listen to like <laughs> I want you. It, it, it basically plays the same sort of yeah. thing where it's like quiet, loud. Oh, that's that's Paul all the way. He loves that crap. Man. Oh yeah, but this song comes and it punches you in the balls. <laughs> Dude, who's 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 who is that? What's this one? Singing this? That's Paul. <laughs> Somebody's echo is in the uh... oh, turn oh, dude. that's Colin assuredly. It's Mike. Mike Mike's got his speakers on. <laughs> I haven't I haven't started singing yet. Oh go sing along. Those those <laughs> first, pit. you know, what, four or five albums. Paul's vocals are just so uh, I don't know what the word to use, singular. To him, like it's just that sound. Yeah, you know what I mean. That kiss sound. I don't know if, if you experienced this, man, but there's some records where I could swear Paul's voice sounds like the tapes running a little bit slow. <laughs> and and I, and I would probably agree with that too. But like my '70s experience was like with eight tracks, so that was probably exactly. Well, yeah, well no, I, I mine was cassette, dude, and I'm like, is it running slow? And then, and well, we talked about that. It's like fi- listening to Firehouse on the album versus hearing it live. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, it's a good track. Thanks. I, I thought. Yeah. Uh, and I like Dress to Kill a lot. I hate this I, record. Really? I can't stand it. Wow. Dude, well, ladies, you like it, David. It's not, dude. It's not room that service. Much of a departure yeah. from room service, dude. So yeah. dumb. Room service yeah, is so dumb. <laughs> it's just, it's some of the songs on that this record are so bad. But let's keep in mind too, like, uh, so like the, the the debut comes out, and then hotter than hell, yeah, and then uh, dress to kill. It's all within like of a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. Dr- dress to kill is their sophomore slump record. Oh. Well, it wow. also releases uh, this song called Rock and Roll All Night. Anyway, so the yeah, next song up. in this is uh, Let Me Know. I love this song. My, I, had a, I had a band, like a side band back in high school uh, called Monster Cookies, and we just played like whatever songs we felt like playing that we liked. And Let Me Know was one of our tunes. This is 
the epitome of when Gene and Paul do that interview where they say they used to sit on street corners and play Beatles songs. This is that song. Exactly what this is. Yeah. I freaking love this song. It it nails every it's like it's like a little how to write a modern day Beatles song. It's got the little bridge in there. It's got the multiple little guitar lines, like like little intricate pieces, you know. Um, the two guys, you know, the two men going back and forth on the vocals, and then they harmonize in the middle. It's really a perfect little ditty in the middle of a rock and roll record. And yeah, it doesn't sound like the rest of the album. Not at all. It's completely out of place. And then it ends with that awesome little guitar riff that uh, when Anthrax covers She, they put it at the end of She. Yeah, An- another sort of... And again, She is like... That would have been like a great sort of pick, too. But like, Except it's, it's not covered. It's not a deep cut. No. These not like these days. days. Yeah, no. But like again, like a great that should have been one of the formulas. Like, has it been covered by Anthrax? <laughs> right, right. Well, or, that wipes away the... like twenty songs. Right. Did, yeah, did sure. you just like see a video of somebody like playing? Like, let me know. What's that creatures fest? Like uh, Bruce's band was playing it. That's. Ooh, I could have think so. Like, I could have sworn like tweeting something like kind of like. God damn it. It, it might have been Ace's band. Like, Bruce pretty much only played stuff from his era. Right, yeah. It's, um, I'll, I'll, I'll add on this one, is that Gene's vocal style in this, he only busts it out a couple of times um, in their first three or four records. And that's super clean. It's almost like you can hear him smiling while he's singing. He does it, like, in Christine 16, um, you know, like, Really with, with, nice, with less clean. leering. Yeah, well, it's just like you, you can tell he's wearing a, he's wearing a shirt and tie singing this song. You know what I mean? It's it's great. And then it ends with this like killer. I love this killer riff at the end. It's just like, oh yeah. By the way, it's like it's like uh, the record scratch. The 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 station changes. And oh yeah, this is a Kiss record. <laughs> yeah, the the, break, the breakdown that comes at the end though is like pretty epic. Yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. And next up, we have I a little song. song called. This is Cider. such a good song. I love, I love this, this record. Such a good song. Album opener See, off of "Lick It Up." John. This shows you that I'm the bigger man because even after <laughs> dealing with that fucking idiot, <laughs> uh, I picked "Exciter" as as my first deep track. I mean, you know, this this leads off "Lick It Up." They were a band in transition at the time, you know, this is here, here, they're representing themselves to the public to flick it up. Makeup's off, they're keeping up with their, you know, contemporaries. As an opener, I think this is one of Kiss's best. Just a straightforward, you know, machine gun of a track. I freaking love this song. When I got this record home, hit play, and this started, I was just like, yes. Because some of these other Kiss records you got to figure out and like grow into, not this one. Well, this this was after Unmasked and all that stuff, yeah. and we got this. this. And those we like, creatures, though. Yeah, this is on after Unmasked. Yeah. I, I, cre- already told, I already told creatures you guys. Is, remember, creatures, I, I didn't get there when that first came out. Creatures I was is like, it, this is a, you know I, I agree. Like animalized creatures in asylum are like you got to like listen to them a couple of times, like find your favorite records and then fill in the blanks with the rest. This record jumps out of the gate and John nails it. This is like aggressive guitar playing. Paul is like full on Paul Stanley here. 
Yeah. So, so Colin, I, Colin, what was your point? I didn't. I, I jumped on your point there. No, I was just saying that when Creatures came out, remember we talked about that before. I was, I was, I didn't give that a lot of love because I was just leery after Unmasked, and and I, this was the first one. Lick It Up was the first one where I came back and I was like, I'm into it again. Like they're back. Then I went back to Creatures and I was like, okay, yeah. wait, that okay. was good. But at the time, I was like, I don't know, man. I'm not sure where they are. Lick It Up was like, oh, cool, Kiss is back. Like like David just said. Oh, like, so Because Paul Stanley now sounds like Paul Stanley again. Yeah, and the music yeah. sounds good again. And there's energy again. And you Yeah. Know. I, I mean, Gene rescues Creatures. You know what I mean? It, the the hits on Creatures are, are Gene. Agreed. And they well, they sure. lean very hard on that. They lean very hard on the production and, like, the big Eric Carr drum sound. They kind of lean on everything that normally is just a supporting factor for KISS. You know, it's supposed to be the Paul Stanley show with Gene Simmons being cool yeah. on the side, and Creatures wasn't that. But, like, li- li- we're still listening to, like, this, this amazing, like, guitar performance here by one... Vincent Cusano here, who wrote or co-wrote this song and basically all the other songs on this record, and it's like the dude had some it's shit solid. going on. I mean, it back did. to Col- to Colin's point of him, you know, being reintroduced to Kiss really with "Lick It Up." I read an interview with Paul Stanley today, and he said that he felt that "Lick It Up" was the first Kiss record that people listened to with their ears rather than their eyes because the makeup was gone now they're just a, a, a you know a rock slash sort of metalish band just like all their other contemporaries in 1983 but now people are actually paying attention to the music yeah yeah, yeah. Well, this record point. is the, the, the guitar playing on this track the solos are so tasteful even the even like the shreddy parts are reminiscent of Ace's style right the bends and the shreds at the same time. Um, the really like slow and low melody that's going along yeah. behind. It's, it's a little, it's a little bit more metally though, in the yeah. sense that it's like a this as an album album opener, and also a, obviously it kind of bites on the a title of another uh, great band's album title, Exciter. Not the band that you saw. I'm thinking of Judas Priest, but like, like this is just yeah, this is good shit. Good pick. There's John. no fade. Great little no. riff at the end, and the band is great at that point. The tricks on like, drums, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna check the the on to Michael, Michael. Okay, so again, like early record for me, uh, straight out of Hotter Than Hell, watching you. Oh my gosh, this is a record straight out of the Gilroy Public Library. <laughs> put on my little like open up the cabinet box, a little flip box, put that so good. down and just let the and somebody probably had left it in their car a little bit, so it's a little warped. That's yeah. fine, but like, ooh, the drumming, the, the, the awesome. guitar riff there. And the menacing Gene vocals there, and also the trade back with with Paul too. It's like, and it, it's like a really kind of like bizarre eyes wide shut sort of narrative. It's, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, I, uh, I don't consider this song a deep cut, Mike, only for the fact that, and we mentioned this to Tom in Classic '78 when we were talking to those guys. When Mike and I were young, we had these series of tapes 
We had Gene Simmons best of volume one. Oh yeah, yeah. Gene I did Simmons that. I did the same thing, two. dude. And watching <laughs> you was on Gene's tape. So it's like I know the song like the back of my hand. Oh yeah. <laughs> Even though it's a deeper cut. This is fucking double platinum era for me. Like, yeah, but, it, but it, again, like you, you go on to uh, the Setless XM to see like how many times they perform this live, and uh, it is not really high yeah, ranking. I, no, you know, I if I was gonna not. if I was gonna pick a deep track on this record, I and I had a couple, I would go with um, I'd go with uh, Got to Choose or uh, Let Me Go Rock and Roll. Got to choose. They played live a lot, though. Yeah. I, I, well, it wasn't going to make my list for that reason, but yeah. As far as like Kiss fans being into it, I think it's a little more. The at least these days with the cover, there's the cover of that one now too. But this whole record, that rough, this really like gritty sound that they brought back with them for being on tour and being. I think it was being in Japan again. Really like the, the, it wasn't done by design originally. So, like, we got, like, watching you clocking in at song 35 with uh, 326 live performances. And you compare that against uh, 2,077 times that they've played rock and roll all night. So yeah. it's it's definitely down in their sort of, like, low. Well, well you got to figure when they were playing back then, they only had two records to pull from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When Hotter Than Hell came out, you know. And, and, and this is a song, I think, too. It's like, when, when, and when, especially when you listen to this entire record, like T to B, or, which, which is different from listening to, like, the first record, because the first record is, like, totally studded with hits. So you're, you're like, they're all really familiar songs. But for me, like, when I, when I go back to Kiss, I go back to Hotter Than Hell, and it's just, like, it is crude. It is like what critics, uh, I think the, the, the term is probably, uh, I'm thinking of the Lester Bangs, like just, it's like, this is dinosaur rock. It's just, cause it just seems like so primitively produced, which just meant like they didn't have much of a budget, which is now, as David like, you know, articulated, like part of their mystique. It's like, there's probably bands that like want to intentionally make it sound this bad. But uh, there you go. But this, this it's a great song. You get the interplay. You, you can hear Chris and you can hear Stanley like sing in the background who picked, too. Who picks this next song? You know what? Before, before you're mean to Colin, I was going to say God bless Colin for putting something from Animal Eyes on because like, I love Animal Eyes. Oh, who doesn't? Yeah, I yeah, don't, David. So, so, so Metal Lord, tell us about your pick here. Well, so we get Lick It Up. Then we get animalized, and I'm cruising along, right? Got my kiss going on. Mm, clearly, you're cruising. I listen to this song. They say the F word. That's it's, right. It's, this it's is like... dropping the F bomb in a song. <laughs> so I'm listening. It's I'm like, clear, wait a minute. It's clearly I'm like, not. I'm just, it is. I'm like, and not what only be that, this, and what be that? It, and not only that, it's a selfish song about taking all the, the you take everything you want and you just you know hedonistic make it about you and it's all just take it take it all take everything you want and then i'm uncomfortable like, crap that's right. an adult. i was so surprised what fucking language does it make David. My, i'm telling you my mouth fell a gate when i heard this the first time and I love the chorus. I, 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 I so definitely catchy. love like the the, the the gang vocals Lots there with with, with all singing over them. Into a room. Wow, you have that effect. 
it's, it's, it's a it's a great anthem. It definitely again like the whole sort of like you know Gordon Gecko sort of like you know get what you can take kind of yeah. fits in with the the me 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 eighties. And again, it wasn't about sex. It was like, no, just put it on everything. Just take whatever you it's, want. You uh, take it's always everything. about sex. Well, but I meant like everything. You want riches. You want cars. You want a lifestyle. You sex. want women. You want take it. Take it all. Take, just bring unto yourself. And I don't know. I just was really surprised. Yeah. So that's why I, I just think it's got, like I said, got a great chorus. Uh, Do you have any outside writers on this song? I'm sure they did. I'm not who's anybody's looking at the stats on this, but like, yeah, this there's is, there's outside everything. There's like outside bass players on this record. There's outside guitar oh, shit, players. Yeah, on well, this yeah Mitch Weissman co-wrote this with Paul. Yeah, Paul. This is the the record that was produced by Paul when uh, Gene was away doing Being uh, a movie Runaway star. or <laughs> right some other film. Getting or his hair done with Tom Selleck. Yeah, and again, like, it, so this is the record that flips it. Where like, you know, Gene's Gene's contributions are notably weak. You know, but uh, again, at least Colin didn't pick uh, Murder in High Heels. Oh, oh. Another good track, though. Uh, you know what? It's, but um, this, we'll, we'll stay with this one. This is a just, good... just, I mean, just so I can know, I'm not that into this record, so I think a lot of the, rec- the songs on this record are not very good. Or song on this record. Is it Lonely as the... Lonely as the Hunter? Is that the worst song on that record? I There's no worst songs on this record. Burn bitch burn is Oh, that's a great tune. That's, you know what? I'm I'm not in I'm not into foul language in songs because then I won't want to sing them in public, but uh that's a pretty good song. Yeah. <laughs> so th- th- this is the one record that features guitarist uh, Mark St. John who developed some form of uh reactive arthritis. arthritis. And uh, so until he got well, out of Kiss, and then he joined another band. Well, and Bruce, not, Bruce and plays for, on Animalize too. And, yeah, and not for long either. But uh, you know, yeah. So like, he actually, I think he played like a total of maybe three shows live, and Kulik filled in for him. And so I can't believe that I'm the only person who wanted a song off of Love Gun. I love this record. Hey, and, no, but you picked you picked a good one. This one, is this one, one of my haunted my childhood. This one was like really good, almost human. This is well. So here's the seven. Love gun to me is, is love. You, if you don't like hotter than hell, I don't like love gun. So there's our swap. Oh my gosh! Really? I don't I, like love gun. Huh. I, you don't love love gun? The song, fine. The album, no, not so much. That's not my this, favorite. This, I'll tell you, this is. I stole your love. Eh. This record love is gun? a mirror record. Love gun song is fine. Caster Caster? No. This record really. is a mirror record of Destroyer, but it's better. No, it's not. It's this, worse. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. This so, record so, is twice the record Destroyer is. So, David, what do, you, what do you like about this song? Destroyer the, has the Destroyer has four songs on it. This record, every song is good. So what, what, do like, love, what do you like about this particular? What draws you to this song, David? Well, I mean, this is this, this is you can almost imagine yourself sitting in the room, and they said, "Gene, we need another God of Thunder," and this is Gene's new, updated God of Thunder. This has the killer riffs. It's got the breakdowns in the middle, right? Like lots of big, boomy drums, right? And Peter Chris kind of in on this record, he shows himself to be like 
almost like the um, like the Ringo star of the band. He's playing the drums like an instrument instead of just keeping time. And I think that that's really important. Because um, we've heard so much about what a terrible musician Peter Chris is, right? In the in the the, the book that Paul Stanley put out, yeah. he talks about, you know, like Peter Chris would show up and it was practice it sounded like the Mickey Dolan story, right? Like he couldn't keep time, he couldn't sing the songs, he, he doesn't do know anything. how which fork is the salad fork in the next restaurant. Yeah, man, it's <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? It's like I like Peter Chris and I don't believe that he's a terrible musician. Do I believe that he at, at oftentimes didn't want to be a member of KISS, so did whatever the heck he wanted? Sure. Do I feel like he, he wasn't making the money he felt like he should have been making? Absolutely. Do I think he's a terrible musician? Clearly not. Like, this dude song is so bad. The thing that haunts me about this song is like, one, Ace's wailing guitar solo that goes bad. on throughout the song. The whole also, song. It all, and, and and also like the the backing vocals, which are just sort of like uh, straight out of Emmett Otter's like Jug Band Christmas. It's just sort of it's like very, yes, oh it my is God. very haunting. Now, this is anyone who thought they were getting through this episode without a song from the Elder it does oh, not well, know I, me very well. I almost <laughs> and was hasn't it? heard our podcast. <laughs> Did, didn't this go number one with a bullet? Uh, well, it was number one on the record. Close. Oh. Uh, yeah. Not ri- originally, it was number one on the record. And then when they re-released it, I want to say it was like number eight. Um, uh, in 97. I, lo- I love this. Me First too. of all, thank you. I love this freaking record, man. Paul wrote it with Bob Ezrin and Tony Powers. I, I was reading, they, they front-loaded the oath on on music from the elder because they considered it a single but the record label wanted to go with i and a world without heroes which left the oath i i don't know i guess just sitting there i don't think kiss had a lot of double bass eric yep because because it only it fits with the narrative to come a little bit later after you know the introductory yeah. stuff and whatnot but uh definitely there are plenty of other reissues as that uh that band that you discovered john and their uh, uh their attempt to like all oh, right replicate it i guess yeah they sucked it but like that's that's what they wanted to do that's what they yeah. did with their weekend that's what rich people do on holiday it's like oh, let's go record just- the taylor swift record yeah, that's what Ryan. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Now, now there's the, the guitar playing in this record. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna throw this out there. You hear the guitar playing on this record. Now, you, there's disputed stories about who's playing on what tracks oh, and sure. who's doing what. But I mean, the guitar playing on this sounds very much like several of the other tracks on the next three records that Kiss put out. Yeah. Right. That that chunk with the yeah. high part. That's very Vinnie. Yeah. That probably style. solves it. That means Ezrin played it. But <laughs> right on, on all the records. <laughs> um, um, you, you can ask. You can ask Ace and Tom bumped out here for a second. But uh, yeah. Again, it's it's definitely like the introduction of. This is clearly not Peter playing anymore, and it's, it's no. definitely understood. He's it's either long. it's either Eric Carr or Ed Shaughnessy well, he, from the Doc he, Severinsen band. There's some serious. He's not technically in the band anymore. Um, 
but there's there's been no I, maybe he has been like introduced as the new drummer at this point i think we've seen video footage of that but like again there you know people who you know like have all their sort of like uh true kiss fans like know like yeah, i mean he's, where eric Carr's getting credit on this there's no other drummer mentioned except for one guy who did some you know schwartzberg who's yeah. worked with them before yeah. But, but again, because this is such a disastrous release, and well, the, the, Unmasked and was still disastrous, too. The, the other thing to keep in mind is that the drums on this track are tuned like Eric Carr's drums. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he, he kept his drums all tuned very low. Like Two or three of his toms are all tuned the same, so you'll, you'll see him like flying around the drums, but the pitch yeah. hardly changes. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and he does a lot of like rhythmic stuff with his hands to complement the bass drums. Um, so I mean, if it ain't him, it's somebody playing his kit. Yeah, it was. Well, I, I mean, I can't imagine it's not him. It's like if you're going to talk about competence in drummers, as far as Kiss goes, Eric's top of the mountain. So. Yeah, oh, hell yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember when I saw them live the first time. His drum solo, he had electronic drums and was playing an accompaniment yeah. to himself. Yep, <laughs> using yeah. like he had guitar sounds. And was doing an accompaniment to his drum solo with the guitar sounds on all electronic drums, which these days not that big a deal. At the time, freaking amazing. Yeah, yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, again, like as far as like drum, watching a drum solo at a rock concert when you're like, oh shit, like you know, verging on exhaustion. It's like his was his was electrifying, and then there was like fire. But like, I definitely remember like those electric pads like he was yeah, in like the the like hexagon he was in like flock yeah, of yeah, steels yeah. or exactly something right pads yeah all right so who Michael. is this so we return to uh lick it up for uh, a much needed slowdown with uh i guess you'd call this maybe a power ballad but maybe not but uh, i've nah. always been attracted to this song a million to one it's a paul song and uh, sound like for he's, me, out of, song. he's out of sync yeah Paul and Vinny. For me, it, like it, it, it always works. It always works. It's 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 like a it's an aggrieved lover sort of song. Uh, mm -hmm. Something that Paul does from time to time, uh, but it's uh, it's it, it's it's a good one, and it, it it's still like I've listened to the like the, the drums and the guitars now. It's like it sounds so '80s, so awesome in that way there, there is not a lot of fat on look it up i haven't looked at the track listing for look it up for a while but like looking at it right now it's a good record. good and, and, and again like i defy you like put this record on whether it's cd or even if you're streaming with the headphones on like they do like so much really cool production layering it's like it, yeah it's definitely kissed but, like they do like a lot of really slick shit on this Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm looking at 10 tracks, and I'm saying that you could probably make it nine, right? Like either, what drops? either well, I'd say you probably could cut either Dance All Over Your Face or On The Eighth Day, but not both of them. Yeah. No, but that that's, I mean, and they're good songs, but it's as close as you get to fat. I agree completely. The, the, well, the sound of the guitar, that aggressive kind of like hunting sound as opposed to laying back the way Ace would. The in-your-face guitar sound serves so well. The fairly short record 
I, I yeah. mean, if you drop one of those songs, you're under 40 minutes. You're at 37 minutes dropping yeah. either one of them. Yeah, I hear, I hear. Dance on your face is sort of like, uh, a, you know, sort of like up with it's men. A, mis, you it's know, a little bit of filler. That, man, of, that and on the eighth day. Rally song. I, on the I eighth day is fun, though. No, I'm it's not staying there. But check I'm out just, the solo, though. <laughs> I'm just Great saying solo. they're a little, they're a little bizarre. They're fine. They're fine. It's one of the most complete records they've put out in years. Yeah, I, and I, that, I, that's I always, even I, now. I always thought of this song as like a sort of like a sped up, more sort of pop produced version of you know the 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 ballad that you actually get on Creatures. I still love you. I still love you. It's like it, it's like yeah. it, it's got like a little bit more push to it. It's got like a little bit more sort of. Like it wants to be like sincere, but like it also wants you to maybe get up and dance. I still, I, I still <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what's what's admirable. Uh, they leave a lot of space, and a, a lesser singer could not carry this song. It's a very exposed vocal performance, right? And Shit, that's all. Yeah, it's a very exposed performance, and this is the kind of stuff where I think people don't appreciate the confidence and the power that he has in his voice, Yeah, because he's carrying this song. It's very bare without the vocals. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's a very good point, and very, again, like a very underrated point. Like, whenever we have, like, this conversation about, like, who's the best metal singer, and again, like, that's, that's a fucked up term, but, like... Paul Stiller could sing songs. Gene Simmons could sing, so- sing songs. And it's like, nah, but like, we want like Bruce Dickinson or, you know, Rob Halford to like, you know, like hold the mantle or someone like Jeff Tate. It's like, shit, these guys have hold, been holding it down for a while. How did something from this record wind up in the list? Because it's a fantastic so record, good, David. Ooh, what, it really so what is. Like, like I said more? earlier, I mean, Bruce playing Revenge start to finish was awesome. This being played live would just knock my socks off. So I picked this Where because how, how how often does Kiss really pick like a a politically charged message song where he's like, you know what? We're going to talk about established religion. We're going to talk about this guy who can kiss my ass and I don't need your, your preaching and your control. And I don't know, to me, as I told you before, Revenge is an angry record. There's a lot of attitude yeah. to it. And it I was really like, you is. know what? It's just a driving song. And I mean, this makes the pedal go down when the flash drive chooses to play this on, on K-Day. Let's just remember, Colin, God gave rock and roll to you, too. He, he yeah, he gave me this song, and, and I prefer this song over that one. <laughs> Jesse Damon co-wrote this. Any of you guys have any background on him? Who the heck is that? So this, I don't so know. Anyhow, this, this, this song is, that is Thou Shall Not off of Revenge. Who's, who, who co-wrote this? Jesse, Jesse Damon? Jesse Damon. He's the uh, silent rage front man. Uh, Whoever the heck that is. <laughs> I'm going to say former sandwich artist, but also collaborator with Gene Simmons. But like, I have, yeah, I have otherwise no idea. But like, the results, the results are good. This, this, yeah. yeah according I, I, to I, his, according to his Facebook page, he's worked with Gene Simmons, Bob Esmond, and some dude from REO Speedwagon. So it's always oh, that yeah. third That's one. Trifecta, Kevin, right? Kevin, what's his face? Kevin Beamish. Yeah, I think there's a, I think he's the lead guitarist, singer guy. Yeah. 
Yeah, I never heard of this game. Again, like uh, the, the the great book to check out is uh, "Take It Off." Is they uh, call is, me Beamish by is, Kevin which Beamish, is, which is a really good look at like all of the the inner workings of how the band, um, all often very separately, came up with song ideas and lyrics. Um, often collaborating with like a bunch of people who were not part of the band, um, and uh, when uh, when you when you when you read that and you go back and you think, okay, so Kiss is like not necessarily, well, obviously post uh, Peter and uh, and Ace leaving, not not a sort of like band unit as you would usually describe, but almost sort of like, a, well, kind of like a corporation. And I love this guitar solo, by the Good way. Good solo, yeah. Oh, so beefy. There's a there's a lot of, of aggression there. I'm sure I'm sure the performance of Bruce's band is online, Colin. Oh, right? I'll, a I'll zillion people it out, were filming it. So I'll if you want to see any of that revenge performance, oh. Uh, in addition to like John's photos that that Bruce used to like promo his next yeah you know what bruce hit me up actually bruce bruce started following my my photos yeah and uh and ultimate classic rock magazine just did a interview with bruce and actually bruce asked them to hit me up to use the photos for the for the article so well done sir that's 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 so awesome that's so awesome and you just you're just doing what you do but like doing it for fun Doing it for did, the, uh, did the guy from uh, Creatures Fest contact you because you broke the rules and brought a camera? He did not. And uh, tough shit. <laughs> Were yeah. the rules that you couldn't break it, cameras yeah. or bottles? If he wants to reprimand me, he can go through Vinny Vincent. <laughs> <laughs> That's Vinny, a very thin rail. Vinny.Vincent at VV.net. David? Damn. Thank you for that selection, Colin. Shit. Oh, yeah, dude. First this of all, you're welcome. good. First of all, you're welcome because the guitar okay, yeah. solo. Dude, I like that there's a Bruce Kulick at the beginning at the of the. Yeah, he like, solos through the whole damn. It's song. a good song. The yeah. other thing, dude. Okay, first and foremost, I have a soft spot for Crazy Nights. I saw this tour live, and it was the first Kiss tour I ever saw live. But holy crap, dude! Like Gene Simmons is having so much fun on this record. It is all the like funny, stupid, arrogant stuff that Gene Simmons would say, right? What's mine is mine and what's yours is mine. Yeah. But it this is, is not really, unlike Nuno Betancourt. It is just a vehicle. It is a vehicle for Bruce Kulick to just wail. And it's a super fun song, man. And, and they played it live that night. I don't think they've ever played it on another tour. It's a great song. Lots of lots and lots of fun, right? Good drums, you know that shuffle sound. It, 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 it's like it, it's their modern version of "Let Me Go Rock and Roll," right? Pretty straightforward song, um, and just a vehicle to like fun lyrics, good shredding. It, it's definitely high energy, like uh, compared to like uh, the, the more sort of like sleepy opener kind of. Uh, of crazy nights it's just like pedal to the metal like you said yeah i mean it's it's gene has a role in the band right sometimes he gets there were times in the ebb and flow of kiss that he seemed like the lead singer 
it's in Crazy Nights that he kind of goes back to the character that he plays, this like really outrageous dude out front who sometimes comes, he's, you know, the God of Thunder role, where, you know, Paul sings the ballad, Paul sings the hit, Crazy Nights. We need, and you can imagine him being in a room, we need a yeah. Gene song, and yeah. this is the Gene song. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, but he also plays like the gross Lothario, too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's like this, but those this, are in this the song, throwback this, songs, right? This, this song tracks on on Setlist FM at uh, number seventy eight. They performed it live a total of forty eight times. Yeah, and I'll say I'll tell you why because they played it for the Crazy Nights tour, and they probably also played it for Hot in the Shade because the Hot in the Shade tour sucked. Oh, interestingly, uh, you know, it's, so it's right between uh, Move On off of uh, Paul's solo record and I Just Wanna, which is a song <laughs> I'm not going to be able to place. Is that dot, 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 I Just Wanna curl? It's not, uh, all night, it's, but it's, it's probably like close. one of those songs. Like, I Just Wanna? Just Wanna. Pretty good song. What what record's that on? Uh, probably boy, Revenge. Wild. Psycho no. Circus. But here again, like uh, uh, so, uh, it's hot in the shade, right? Much appreciated, but underrated. Indeed. It's like Gene's vocals are always just sort of like, God damn it! Like the guy could carry this. Might be revenge. Sort of revenge. <laughs> oh, is it revenge? Yeah. All right, so it's off the same, you know, the same yeah. era, same tour. Good song though. Oh, um, that must be a Paul song. Yeah, Quarantine also played at Creatures Fest, Dave, and they played this. That's oh, yeah? part of their set. Yeah. That's cool, man. I mean, Kulik got up with them, too. I'm telling you, Kulik was the MVP that weekend. He was playing with everyone. Through, like. and through a lot of these years, dude, Kulik just seemed like the hired gun. But this was the song, man. This is the one He's where you're so like, not. Oh, crap. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he and his brother were like, yeah, they were like deep into Kiss. Well, that dude's weird. He's all bald and stuff with the mask. Well, he's dead now. Is he? Yeah. A Bob, years ago. Bob, Bob died. Two like years ago, three years, years ago. ago. Maybe five years ago. I can't Rock and Roll Over has entered the conversation. I can't believe God somebody damn. picked this song. You don't like this song? I didn't say that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, like earlier when I was talking about just the classic Paul Stanley sound. Yeah. I, I just thought this this song really nails it. And, and with the production, I think, you know, Rock and Roll Over after Destroyer, you know, Destroyer had had all the makings of the uh, the the Bob Ezrin uh, production. It was like a, a little fuller and, uh, you know, as, as far as Ace Frehley was concerned, not his favorite flavor of Kiss. Uh, Eddie Kramer produced Rock and Roll Over. And I feel like it's a little bit more of a return to Kiss's roots, even though they're only five records deep at this point. Uh, and I love the solo on this album, uh, or sorry, on this song. I think uh, it's a very classic sounding ace solo. Yeah, this, this is a song that's almost sort of like, you, you don't even think, think it's like a rock and roll band from the 70s. It's like, it's just, it's just sort of like everything is so sort of like band tight in a way, and uh, and again, like I remember like being in my aunt TV's house with my eight track player and plugging this in. Fucking Mr. Speed was not 
one of the songs that would like bleed out into the next track. And it's like, oh, uh, yeah. And like, I don't know what Mr. Speed does. I don't know what he, what he <laughs> thing is, but like, I totally love this song. Yeah, he doesn't talk about it in the song like Mr. Plow. <laughs> that name again is <laughs> Mr. Speed. <laughs> but it probably has to do with yeah, I mean, Ace I'm thinking, I'm thinking now. Yep. Yeah, and uh, and certainly like uh, Frankie's band when they were doing the quarantine stuff has like uh, really resurrected this song. Otherwise played live a total of 19 times. Wow. Wow. Deep, really? deep. That's so, a deep so that, that means it didn't even make it through the record tour. Um, you know, so again, like it, it was, it's, it, as a deep cut, that's a pretty deep cut. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I love this record, and I was just gonna ask what your guys' thoughts were on rock and roll. I love because this. I feel like it gets a bad rap sometimes, yeah. and I really like it. I like yeah. everything about this record. I like the cover. I have a patch of the cover with the heads all faced. Don has other. a rug right behind him. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we know how John feels about the record. But no, I. I like this record even when I didn't like this record. Like I wanted to like this record. Um, I think I was some of the, eight years I think old. some of the songs on it. Do? I think some of the songs on it are formulaic. I think they feel like yeah. somebody who sat down and said, "What can I do with this guitar? How can I start a song with chords in weird ways?" Um, and that's what you get sometimes when you're trying to figure out how to write a good song. But it's a Here's happy our final album. track. A lot, of, a lot of hype. A lot of fun on that album. So, Michael, I'm not a big fan of this. this album. I have, I've only, only, only Just very recently discovered the Carnival of Souls oh album because they look like a bunch of idiots on the cover of this record. Well, yeah, this record was well, lost for a while. It, well, it yeah, but uh, <laughs> and 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 could have probably stayed lost, but it's a really interesting document, and again. I picked this song. It's it's the album opener. It's it's a good sort of like uh, parallel to uh, Unholy or also uh, War Machine or God of Thunder. It's yeah, but they're all good. Sort of like, right? I see shit clearly, and I am angry, and it just it just brings the thrash to you. Um, so this he's, is he's a- mad. He's mad that nobody likes Firestarter. You know, I don't, I don't hate the record. I don't listen to it very often, but it's one of those albums that we talk about as one of those keep your head above water records. You know, it comes out in '97, and they're uh, right about to, they're right about to go in to the reunion and Psycho Circus. You know, they had recorded this in everything surrounding Kiss at that time is grunge. You know, their their contemporaries in 1997 are. Soundgarden, Sound and yeah, you know, and and you can hear the Soundgarden influence. But, but, in but again, this. this is like '97 too, so it's like even late to that party. Yeah, it really but is. I I want to say it was reported. I'll tell you though, it's like Alice '95, Chain. '94, '95. It's, it's, it's less Soundgarden and more like Alice and Chains. That's, that's a good call. Oh, holy yeah. hell! Like uh, so, w- while we're at it, like again, like what what I love about this song too, and what I love about Gene's uh, vocal delivery. And, and and the lyrical content too kind of goes back to like what Colin selects and what thou shalt not be like is just sort of like 
yeah, Gene could be like total, like just alpha male, just seeing like through everything and delivering the hard news, it, it, which which he does in like a lot of those sort of like moments that are not about sex or you know no 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 or domino where he just you know that, that girl bends over and I forget my name, but like. You know, he he could be like really seriously motivated uh, artistically in a way, but then it all gets sort of like clouded by a bunch of other shit. But if, I, I again, like I, we, I was listening, we were listening to like Carnival Souls like last week, and it's like, how about this song? After I had already listened to it, it's like this song sounds like one, two, three, four. And within four seconds, any other person who knows grunge music is like, yep. The, yep. I, I think this pro, this yep. record has this, the this same... This break sounds like Soundgarden. This record has the same problems that Born Again has. It's a likable record. It just doesn't sound like Kiss. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you pull... Again, you pull they you they were grasping of, at straws and then rolling right kiss. into the reunion. You get a room full of Kiss fans together and say, what do you think? They're like, I don't like it. You get a room full of music fans together in 1997, you go, what do you think? They go, oh, it's pretty good. Who is it? Yeah. Right? Well, so again, so it's, so you, you, you fail, you fail backwards. It's like, yeah, well, this is not who we are, but like, you like it. It's not bad. Yeah. I mean, here's, here's what I'm finding. Good. The album was recorded between 95 and 96. Kiss canceled the release after committing to the reunion tour with the original lineup. Bootlegs were circulated by fans, prompting the band to officially release it in 1997 under Carnival of Souls. There was no tour for the record, and none of the songs on Carnival of Souls have ever been performed live. All right, so technically, this is the deepest of the deep cuts. Yeah, pretty pretty deep. Eric uh, Singer's performed it live with a couple songs live with his band and Bruce with his band Union performed yeah. Jungle and Walk Alone, but never Kiss as Kiss. It's uh, it, it's definitely an interesting tour of like the periphery of of, of Kiss's musical output. Yeah. And again, like if you just wanted to have like a cool Saturday, just like a little you know cookout or something, put that on and kind of like, all right. And just name your album. Name your album. song that they're ripping off. I'm going to tell you, you know, it's, it's, it, having 12 deep cuts is tough. I think it really brings the, the tastes of the four of us to the forefront. Yeah. Um, it, I don't think it's not necessarily representative, right? Because we're trying, we're shooting for like deep cuts. We're, we're trying to be a little, you know, like when you're sitting around at, at happy hour and trying to come up with like the thing nobody remembers or something, you know. Um, so maybe not the best cuts, but the deep cuts. It's not terrible. No. Like, hold on, just real quick. What's the wor- what's the song of the twelve that you like the least? Probably the- hate. Yeah, I was gonna say that too. <laughs> yeah, uh, that other one that. Uh, I'm sorry, I closed my Spotify down. <laughs> <laughs> another, another, well, I figured we were done soon. Uh, what is that one that uh, David put on here? Oh, almost, on. almost oh, human. Stop, oh, stop almost human. You, oh, oh, you stop. I'm done. You just almost have human and You close your pretty mouth. <laughs> That's a good song. It's better than hate. 
It is. It is begrudgingly. Maybe. Oh, I think I think we hear we hear like the opening tunes of like what the the weekend metal is going to sound like. Yeah. I just thought the Carnival of Souls was. When they released Dynasty, everybody was doing disco, and I, and they did a disco record, and and I, I understand all bands go through that, but to me, by the time you got to that that catalog that they had established, they didn't need to sound like Soundgarden. They did. They were they were Kiss. They didn't need to to copy anybody else. And I'm just not a fan of of the Carnival of Souls. I don't really like Psycho Circus much. I, I just I don't know. Like, Come Sonic on. Boom. Nobody picked anything from Sonic Boom or yeah, Mark. Is that record son? That Walmart exclusive? Dude, yeah. I don't. I a couple songs on there. I was yeah. just going to say, Colin, I don't think it's yeah. terrible. Modern Day Delight. Right? Yeah, okay. I talked about before, this those songs did. were initially written and recorded in a way that was trying to sound, trying to go back to their roots. Right. You know like, what's so fun? I, you know, there's some good tracks in there. Modern Day Delight. Yeah, that's a good song. Yeah, I mean, that but makes I think, the flash drive. I think that <laughs> it's good. I think that there's something important about what they did, though, right? So Kiss being the band that they do the disco record in the disco era, and they do the grungy record in the grungy era, you know, it serves a purpose, right? There's pe- there are bands today who, no matter what the heck the trend is, they stay the course, yeah. and they can do that because some band did this, right? They can stay the course because Kiss did, and there's and there's a there's a market now, right? So when when the bottom fell out of recording arts and sciences because nobody's buying records anymore the bands figured it out right like get out you know put their stuff out for free get out on the road sell your merch and that's what you have now because bands like kiss who could afford to put out the schlock when it when it was necessary put out the schlock when it was necessary all right so just just for the record and this record sucks just, just for the record <laughs> we, we're, we're gonna have to do at some point we're gonna do in the in the future, we'll do a dynasty listening party. No, people always refer to like dynasty as a uh, disco record. There it's is a, a total a of record. I call it Kisco. There Kiss. is there there is a total of one disco track. There's on at least the album. The, off the top of my head. There are at least yeah two disco songs. Do, 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 do. There's some good songs. Oh, oh, okay, so I'm not saying they're know. not good songs. I'm, I'm saying they're disco I mean, songs. Dude, Charisma, 2000 Man, Charisma. Sure Knows Something's on there. Like, listen, yeah, listen to me. I'm not there, saying they're like, not there, good. There, there's like I'm three that, Peter Chris vocal bangers on there. This so it's, look, wow. okay, you're 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 getting to my my soft spot now. But yeah. listen, I'm not saying it's not good. No. But I'm not saying it ain't disco. It's disco. I just <laughs> didn't know I liked disco. <laughs> there you go. So right? That, that, They're so like, what do you think? What do you think of this record? I think this record's great. Turns out I like disco. That's fine. I'm a grown <laughs> man. I can that. handle it. I can handle it. But it's like I was made for loving you. Disco. Two thousand man. Not so disco. Sure know oh. something. Disco. Right. Yeah. Dirty it living. Is, yeah. Dirty Living is disco the same way that I Love a Rainy Night is disco. All right? Charisma, disco. Eddie Magic Rabbit. Is. You yeah, talking Eddie Rabbit? I freaking love Eddie Rabbit. <laughs> who doesn't? It's so uh, disco. I, don't, I haven't met the person who doesn't love Eddie Rabbit. <laughs> but that's... But yeah, I mean, th- th- that's the thing you think about. It's like at that time in the world, 
everybody, including country artists, were putting out disco. Yeah, bands. Grateful Dead did it. They yeah, all did look, it. Grateful was, Dead sucks. <laughs> no, they don't. Yeah, they, they but do. they all but they all did Ooh, it. You're right. I disco mean, now they're dead. Band. And you're grateful. Some of and them. And I'm yeah. grateful. Shut <laughs> 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 up, dumb. I'll be here all night, folks. But That's all right. Try the veal. Dip <laughs> <laughs> your wages. That's right. All right. All right, John. Oh, get us the heck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Somebody. Pull Thank the you, cord. one and all, for but joining zip, us once but again. Tie around us as we return to our roots. Uh, for Michael Stamps, David oh. Timoney, Colin Bossler, we thank you again for listening. If you can, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and help grow the show. Follow us on Twitter, M-A-M-H Pod. Follow Yo. us on Instagram at uh, Metal Podcast. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, follow us on the Facebook where we're throwing stuff up every day and we will talk to you next week. Peace. <laughs>